Hello and welcome to Five Alive. It is wonderful to have you with us today as we are coming close to the end of our series on growth in Christ. Last week we were talking about our testimony and how it's important to have a testimony and to give a testimony. And today I'd like for us to talk about how to prepare our testimony. It's common knowledge that when you go to a church nowadays, you'll see somewhere in that facility these two sentences put together. Love God, love others, love people. Yeah, love God, love people. This has become kind of a mantra of the church over the past couple of decades now. And yet, it is one that is actually very truthful. It is 100% of our time to be dedicated to loving God and loving people simultaneously. This means our desire would be to see people come to Christ, the one who saves men from sin's bondage, to see our family members, to see our friends, to see our neighbors rescued from death, hell, and eternal separation from God, being our motivator to give our testimony and to share about Jesus Christ. Proverbs 24, 10 and 11 says it this way, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. As I mentioned last week, your testimony and the way you live is just what others need to help them be rescued. Jesus took our difficult characteristics and made us into a new creation. Jesus gave you new qualities when you came to faith in him, which were difficult to live according to without him. In other words, Jesus gifts us the Holy Spirit to come alongside that, yes, there are new laws that we abide by. There are new regulations that we abide by when we are people in Christ. But he gives us a comforter that helps gift us the ability to walk through life and not have difficulty in these areas. And Jesus also gives us a new attitude. He can do the same for your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your cousins, and your neighbors. So what are some practical steps or some practical ways that we can live our lives as effective witnesses? I've got a few that I would like to talk about. Number one, live outside of your house. If you are not spending time outside of your house and outside of your job, this is regarding you. We've got to be in more places. Oh, but I'm not a people person. That's okay. Living outside your house doesn't always mean being surrounded by hundreds of thousands of millions of billions of people. Sometimes it just means meeting somebody different than you've ever met before. Number two, let people see the activities that you do. Don't try and hide. Don't close your curtains all the time. Don't always be doing things in secret, but let your activities be seen. Number three, let your words be heard. Talk to people, say hello, smile, greet them. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. 
These are all great ways to start a conversation with somebody you've never met before and to start giving your testimony to people comes from such conversations as several days in a row just simply greeting somebody with a hello. A fourth way that we can share our testimony or prepare our testimony is to be baptized in water just as Jesus was. Follow our Lord and Savior Jesus in water baptism. Number five is to rely on the Holy Spirit's power, boldness, and witness. Six, write down the time that you confessed Jesus as Lord and you accepted the fact that only he can remove your sins and what you believe as a result of your salvation. Write it down in a journal. Write it down on a piece of paper. Write it down on your computer. Write it down on your iPad. But just write it down so that that way you have it as a reference point of a way that you know Jesus saved my soul and you can go back to it and you can read your own words 20, 30, 40 years from now. Your kids can read it. Your grandkids can read it. Number seven, tell Jesus in a worshipful prayer and or a corporate setting what you wrote down of what your testimony is. Number eight, practice telling other followers of Jesus what you wrote down. Share your testimony in a small group. Share your testimony with somebody that you've met that you know is also a Christian. That will help prepare you for the times that you're talking to people who do not believe in Jesus, and it will give you a confidence boost that you need in order to share Jesus. Tell a family member who does not know about Christ what transforming power he has over your life. Tell a close friend about the transformation that happened in your life. Then tell your neighbors about the transformation that Christ performed in your life. These are just a few practical steps of preparing your testimony and then going out and sharing with the lost of the world. All right, let's jump into the passages of scripture that we have to back this up today. We're going to start first with Romans chapter 10, verses 12 through 17. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard, never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Why is it necessary for us to share the good news of what Christ has done? So all will hear. And it encourages us to share our testimony. Um, it encourages our own self of who Christ is and what Christ has done for us, in us, and through us. And we should be excited to share that news of how good and faithful God is and that he came, that, that God brought his own son here onto this earth for us to be forgiven of our sins and that Jesus loves us so much that he did. He, he died on the cross for all of our sins that so that we could be 
with him for all of eternity. And the walk of life that Christ walked here on this earth is the same walk of life that we walk even today. It's the same. Christ knows all and is all and just wants you to have the saving knowledge of him. Wonderful. What about you guys? Why why uh, is it necessary to share the good news of what Christ has done for you? Because then no one else will hear. Christ has done so much for us, and if we don't share the goodness and great things that the Lord has done for us, then no one will really hear what he has done, and no one will know how great God is mm. in everything he does. Okay. I was going to say the same exact thing the first thing that Mommy said. Which was? Um, that everyone needs to hear. Okay. Everyone needs to hear, definitely. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light shine. Oh, 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 let your light shine. This little light of mine. So there's a few things here. Have you ever seen somebody light a candle and then put something over the top of it? Yes. They snuff it. They snuff, they snuff it. Why? Why do they extinguish it? What do you... Like, I've never seen somebody light a candle and then immediately snuff it. Right. Why? Because you want the light to shine. <laughs> or you want the smell. <laughs> you want well, yeah, the now we have the, the odor. Uh, well, Odysseus. Odysseus. <laughs> well, in Candles. America, Xavier... Yeah, Xavier, we were in Cracker Barrel, and Xavier was like, I wonder what would happen if I put this menu over the candle. And he put it over the candle, yeah. and then it went out. And I'm like, that's what's going to happen to it. And he was like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen to it. I thought it was an oil candle, not a, like a regular candle. And so then they took away our candle and then gave us a new one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, the reason we light a candle, well, the reason we light a light is so that that way we can see in the darkness, right? And so it's not something that we have so much use of every day necessarily nowadays. We have electricity or we have a generator backup or we have a, a, some kind of a battery backup to make sure that our Wi-Fi doesn't go out or so that that way our fans can still be controlled, uh, these kinds of things. But for thousands and thousands of years, people used candles and or lamps and or torches in order to be able to see better. And the best way you can see better with a candle is to put it up high so it will light the whole room and not cover it up or put it underneath something because, well, that'll catch things on fire or it will snuff out the, snuff out the light. So how can you let your light shine for Jesus? I mean, because it says here in Matthew 15... Men will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 
I honestly have no idea because Addison always tells me she's like, oh, you know, your light is always shining. And I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, I never knew what that meant. Sometimes I don't even notice that I'm actually doing it. So doing what? I can't help. I guess that's called letting your light shine. What does that mean? What is she referencing? What are you doing when she points it out to you? I guess she's saying I'm being nice or something. Okay, so by your attitude, you're letting your light shine? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. What other ways? According to your good works, what you do in life and how you do it shows the light that you shine or that you don't shine. So in everyday doing things that please God is lighting, letting your light shine. So if you um, are taking the SAT exam and everybody around you is cheating and you're not cheating, what does that show? Is that being a good work by not cheating or is it being a good work by cheating? Being a good work by not cheating. But I mean, you're sharing your answers if you're cheating. That way everybody gets the same grade. Yeah, but it's not fair to the other students. In what regard? In the regard that uh, it's not a fair assessment of their actual ability to answer the questions. Yep. Having a love for your neighbor. Okay. Shows whatever the question it is that you asked us. <laughs> letting your light shine. For yeah, Christ. <laughs> having a love for your having a love for your neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself. And how do you do that? Loving your neighbor. Yeah. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then you're not going to love your neighbor. Okay. But loving your neighbor as in accepting them, talking mm. to them, acknowledging of their existence, mm. being kind, being cordial, when there's an, a time of need, offer help. Um, when there's a time of happiness, be happy. Don't become jealous or envious. But truly develop a, a kind relationship with your neighbor. Yeah, that's great. I think of letting my light shine in work. I think of uh, the importance of the way that I do things legally. Our governments now require us to pay our taxes and have for lots of years. And I think it's very important that we don't elude that, that we pay our taxes. You say, but I'm the one that worked really hard for this and well, if I give it to God, if I give it to the church, if I give it to, uh, uh, you know, an NGO, then, then that's better than giving it to the government. We're following the laws of man, and we're talking about our good works. Sometimes our good works are something as dull and boring as paying our taxes. Sometimes our good works are some, simply not lying in order to close a sale, but actually selling a product truthfully and honestly. And I know it's hard out there to sometimes sell a product truthfully and honestly. And I know you may not get the most bang for the buck if you don't lie or stretch the truth because that's what everybody always tells us. Nah, just don't tell them about this or hide that from the person that you're trying to sell the product to. Reality is, is that's not good works. That will catch up with you. And it will start to erode your testimony, and it will definitely erode your relationship with Christ. So these are ways also that I think it's very important for us to recognize is when we are talking to somebody, if we're withholding vital information within our work course that they need in order to make a proper assessment and decision, 
we will be judged for those things, whether it be by God himself or it be by that person in just a couple of days after they have the product in hand or they don't get the product in hand because you don't actually deliver it to them because that may have been what you were lying about. That's the kind of thing that shows whether we are a man and woman of Christ or not. Our next passage of scripture, Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 39. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. What is the witness in this passage? Of scripture of a believer's faith. The act of being baptized in water shows, well, is a confession to yourself and to God that I am dying of my old self and will be renewed in you. Mm -hmm. So off with the old and in with the new. Anything else? And that that public confession of the mm, baptism. Yes. The public confession of the baptism is, as I said, a public confession saying, I am going to follow Christ all the days of my life. I will strive to become like him more and more each day. And all I say and all I do in my work ethics and how I talk, how I write, how I speak, how I sing. Very good. Absolutely. Acts chapter 20, verses 18 through 24. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Wonderful. What was the content of Paul's witness in this passage of scripture? Being led by the Holy Spirit into places to speak of the good news and testify of who Christ is to him. Yeah. And, and no matter the cost. Right. Because physically, where was he being led to? Death. Where was he going to actually go? Yeah. To death and prison. Mm -hmm. Like he was on his way shackled, handcuffs, zip ties around his legs and his arms. Oh, they didn't have zip ties back then? Hmm. No, he handcuffs. But he was being led away to prison, led away to his death, led his way. We See, today in modern day times, we think that that was only something that happened back then, that 
that's not the way our testimony necessarily works anymore. That if we speak the truth, then we're going to be glorified and we're going to become famous and there's going to be a movie made after us and everybody's going to be like, wow, what a great testimony. We don't recognize the fact that reality is if you really give your testimony for who Jesus is, that witness might actually get you thrown in jail. If that was a possibility, do you think we would be as lackadaisical with our testimony as we are? Probably not. Or do you think we would be like, I want to make sure that my testimony counts for something because I'm not going to just accidentally say a positive word about Jesus that's going to get me thrown in jail. I'm going to make sure that I take as many people to Christ as I possibly can when I am sharing because the result could be my death. Mm -hmm. That would really change things around. So if you knew that you were going to suffer because of your testimony, that you would maybe be spit upon or maybe made fun of, would that change your testimony or what would your testimony sound like at that point? Or is that the testimony that you already give right now? When you ask Christ into your heart, you know it. it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be a, this is a one and done and everybody's going to be so excited that you asked Christ Jesus into your heart. Because Jesus was... Uh, rejected a lot mm -hmm. here on this earth even by his own by, even by his own family and so not going into salvation don't have an attitude of when you ask Christ into your heart as your personal Lord or Savior to immediately go oh my family's going to hate me or oh they're going to disown me like don't come in with a haughty spirit because that's not the right spirit but when you ask Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior and to forgive you of all your sins, knowing that you still live in a world full of sin and there are going to be accusations that are made against you and towards you and maybe sometimes harm may be brought upon you because of your stand uh, on biblical mis uh, foundations of in the Bible, just making sure that the things that you are standing upon are very clear in the Bible, not something that you're just making up. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just say, oh, everybody who's had an abortion in life, you're mm -hmm. dying and going to hell. That's not really fair because you're not really given a chance for those that... <laughs> that ask for forgiveness. Right. You're not, you're not God in that scenario. You can't just immediately say, well, the church doesn't want to have anything to do with you because you've had an abortion. No, 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 no. Christ came for, for all. And he has forgiveness for all. And that's how the church's response should be matching up is to the biblical knowledge of the scriptures. So we as a follower of Christ need to do our due diligence in reading God's word, knowing God's word, memorizing God's word, and have an assurance of trusting in God's word. Mm. Like if even we have a doubt of what God's word is, then that allows the world sin to so seep in and us become more like the world and less like Christ. And therefore our, our testimony becomes watered down. Yeah, I agree because sometimes we do come in with a haughty spirit with the idea that uh, I'm going to teach everybody what it's really like to be a Christian. And we isolate ourselves from the saints that have been following Christ for so long. And we push ourselves away from the old friends and the old lifestyle that we used to lead. 
not by bringing them to Christ, but just pushing them away, putting them down, talking about how sinful or evil that lifestyle was, that we feel like we've elevated ourselves. Because how often is this holier-than-thou kind of a, a compliment paid to people, not because they're really following Christ, but because people see the hypocrisy that's really inside of your heart or inside of your life. So Jesus, through the Apostle Paul here in Acts chapter 20, he's publicly testifying things that he has gone through, things that he has done, things that he knows are not going to be easy, and yet all of it is for one purpose and one purpose alone. That's not for his fame. That's not for more money. It's not for more social media likes. It's not so that that way people will see him in the streets and all start a big, huge parade. Instead, it's so that that way people will see Jesus and glorify him. And so in everything that we say and everything that we do, is that what we're doing? Are we making sure that Jesus is seen? Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 49. And said unto them, Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. If you are witness of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from high. So where is the gospel to be preached? Everywhere. All nations. So is it okay to preach the gospel in Timbuktu? Yes. Yes. As long as it started in Jerusalem, which it did. Yeah, that's past. That's past, exactly. That's history now. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it to be Christians, to be proclaiming the gospel message in Germany? Yes. In Russia? Yes. Australia? Yes. India? Yes. America? Yes. Mexico? Yes. Bolivia? Yes. Yeah, anywhere and everywhere in the world, these are all places that our testimony counts and must be proclaimed. We're closing with our final passage of Scripture. This is Blair and my favorite passage of Scripture. However, it will be read by Mallory. It is Acts chapter 1. Verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, Samaria. Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What did Jesus tell the disciples about being his witness? Go preach, saying the good news is at hand. Absolutely. And who was going to go with them? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He goes with you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Everything you do. Everything you do. And when you think, oh, I'm just all alone. Nobody can see me. Even God can't see me. Is that a truthful statement or is that... An untruthful statement. Untruthful. Untruthful. Because even in those moments when we can't feel God, 
He's still with us. In the book, The Dark Knight, St. John of the Cross talks about the part of God that most men are so afraid to delve into, and that is the dark night with God. That's the position that we come to beyond memorization of scripture, beyond singing a praise and worship song, beyond saying a prayer for ourselves and our family and for our friends. But it is that intense moment where we shed everything from ourselves and we allow it to be crucified on the cross. And in that moment, we start to go into the dark night. And as we go into the dark night, it even comes to the place where God himself feels as though he has been removed from our heart. And it's at that moment that most people, even the most godly person you've known, it's in that moment that they even start to doubt whether they're doing the right thing or not. Because it's fun to be around a bunch of people in corporate worship. It's a blast to sing praise and worship songs with a whole bunch of people, even those slow ones that really grip your heart and cause your eyes to water to the point where you're blubbering like somebody who is just so sad or so happy or so overjoyed that you just have tears and you fall down on your face. Those are awesome moments. The dark night is that moment where we feel like everything's been torn away from us and we're left all alone completely exposed. And it's in that moment that God's still with us. Even though we don't cognitively know it, we don't physically feel it, and emotionally we feel completely thrown into like oblivion, God is still with us. And it's in those moments that our testimony is more than prepared. And as we go out into the world, we share exactly what God's brought us through in his goodness, in his grace, in his mercies, which are new every morning. Is there anything else you guys have about preparing a testimony to share with everybody else? Yeah, but preparing a testimony isn't just like, just preparing a testimony. It's just being, being real, yeah. like just being honest. You don't have to like sit down and prepare it and formulate two to three pages of what you're going to speak on and memorize it. So when someone asks you, you know, what is your story? That is sharing your testimony. Yeah. Just off the cuff sharing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to back it up with pictures and have this awesome PowerPoint presentation. Because if it's sincere, because it's you and your life, that is what grips another person yeah and don't be afraid to share your testimony because you may be quiet you may be kind of timid to say or speak up in some circumstances of life but you have a lot to give and offer to other people yeah and especially with Christ that is inside of you yeah you saying that gave me a, a reminder of a time that uh, I was staying all of us as a family we were staying in a um, like a bed and breakfast in the hills of, of uh, Uttarakhand. And as we were called to dinner, because it was like a, a bed and breakfast and dinner, you would have dinner there as well. Uh, we, we all gathered together. And so it wasn't just the five of us, but it was also 
about 15, 20 other people, they were all up from Delhi enjoying the cool weather because the the hot summers of Delhi were getting to them, plus the pollution and everything else. They just wanted to breathe some fresh air. And we were all sitting around the table talking and eating dinner. And after dinner, it was time for some coffee and or tea. And we were chatting. And it came around to the point where we were just talking about our lives. And somebody said, so you're a Christian. Why did you become a Christian? Like it was just that point blank. Like it was not something that we were you know, oh, before I go to dinner tonight, I may need to make sure that I write down what my testimony is just in case somebody asks. Or it wasn't like I need to write my testimony down so that that way I can make sure that I infiltrate that into the conversation somewhere. No, it was we were having just a normal conversation about life, politics, and the way uh, the way things are in this world. And all of a sudden somebody said, hey, you're a Christian. Why do you believe what you do? And I just gave my testimony and everybody stopped and listened all 15 people stopped and listened and they listened to my testimony. And one of the people said, I'm an atheist, but man, if I had a testimony like yours, you know what? There's no way we can deny that there's God because of how you just gave your testimony of who God is. And it's not because I'm just some practiced, wonderful orator. It's just because my relationship with Jesus is true. It's real. And it's a conversation that I have on a regular basis not with other people, but a conversation that I have, me and Jesus, we talk. And as a result of our relationship talking, it's so easy to talk about him because of all of the wonderful things that he's brought me through. All right, Mallory, we're all wrapped up here. Will you close us in prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for today and for every single day and that we will worship the Lord all the time and that we will praise him for forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have any questions, comments, or even if you want to share your testimony, find us on Instagram. Find us on other social media outlets. We're there. Five Alive Devo is the name. Five Alive out.